whether you've, uh, you've been in the wilderness and you're looking back and you're trying to make sense of it, uh, whether you feel like you're in a, some kind of wilderness right now and you can't see a way out, or maybe you've never been to the wilderness, but one day God will lead you there and you need to be prepared. I want you to know that God has a purpose for you in the wilderness. Because when God is leading us, he wastes nothing. God uses everything for his good. He's always trying to teach us and refine us, to develop our character, and to help us to trust him more. But the wilderness is a disorientating place. It's like being dropped in the middle of the desert and told to try and find your way home. All the landmarks, all the street names, all the parks, all the signs that you would normally use to navigate by, to navigate life by, suddenly aren't there anymore. And you have to learn to make your own way. The wilderness makes us question uh, who we think we are and who we think God is. It makes us say, I thought I needed this to live well, uh, but now this isn't here here anymore. How do I live in the light of that? God used the wilderness to take uh, the Israelites through a season of transition. They'd just gone from being uh, slaves to Pharaoh to to living under a a cruel and vindictive master. Uh, And they've got to get to the point where they can live in the promised land, where they can live uh, under the leadership and guide of a a benevolent and loving God. And before they can be ready to live in the promised land, they have to go through a a season of transition uh, where God teaches them who he really is, where he starts to reveal his character and his love and his kindness for them. Uh, God uses the wilderness uh, to take us through seasons of transition where we realize uh, God is exactly who he says he is. He's kind and he's loving and he's gracious. The wilderness uh, is ultimately a test of identity and a test of God's character. God has a purpose for our wilderness. The wilderness is different uh, to life just being difficult. It's a bit like uh, when you were a child and you were following your parent, um, maybe around Tesco's, and you stopped to pick up a packet of sweets or tie your shoelace, and you looked up, uh, and suddenly your parent wasn't there anymore. Uh, You've been deliberately uh, following them, holding their hand, and you just stop for a second, and then suddenly uh, you feel lost and abandoned. Uh, Panic starts to set in, and you feel disorientated. It's a bit like being uh, called by God out of Egypt, him parting the Red Sea and then leaving you in the desert with nothing to eat. You might relate to the wilderness from a a different season of life, Uh, maybe from uh, something you're struggling with or with grief. You might see parallels between the wilderness uh, and that kind of season. There's something of that same sense uh, of life shifting, uh, of things moving and being disorientated. But in the wilderness, when you feel shaken and you don't know which way is up, remember this. He has a purpose for your wilderness. Now, the wilderness has a a bad reputation because it's a hard, difficult place for us to live. Uh, When we've gone um, from the abundance of lush green gardens, all the food we can eat, uh, and now we find ourselves in the desert where we're struggling to put food on the table and get enough water to drink, the wilderness feels difficult and harsh. But it's in those seasons that God often works on us the most closely. Uh, He does the deepest work on us in those kind of stretching, testing seasons. It's in those moments we discover what kind of God we really follow. Uh, And God takes almost everyone there. Almost everyone goes into the wilderness when they follow the voice of God. And he takes the Israelites there first. Uh, In chapter 13, verse 17 uh, onwards, uh, it says this, When Pharaoh let the people go, 
God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. Uh, God deliberately takes the Israelites out of their way so they can go through the desert. Uh, There was a a turn in the road and God could have taken them north through the Philistine country. He could have made a way and parted uh, the opposing forces in that nation. But instead, he chooses to take the Israelites south. God deliberately takes the Israelites into the wilderness. They don't end up there by mistake. God's sat nav isn't broken. He doesn't misread the map. God deliberately takes the Israelites into the wilderness because he has things that he wants to teach them there. He chooses to take them there because there's preparation to be done. He wants to spend time teaching them things about how to live well in the promised land. God wants to reveal deep truths to them about his grace and his kindness, about the kind of God that he is. It might seem strange to us, but, but to live uh, in the promised land, to live well there is harder to do that than it is to live well in the wilderness. Uh, when we uh, live in the promised land, we can become uh, safe and secure. We can feel uh, entitled, like everything that we have, we've earned. And we forget to be grateful to God. We grow uh, numb and cold and hard. But often in the wilderness, when our faith is stretched, when we feel like we're being uh, pulled a little bit and we're forced to rely and trust in God, that's when the growth really starts to happen. To live well in the promised land, God takes us through the wilderness so that we won't forget that the hand that provides for us when there's plenty is also the hand that provides for us in the desert when it feels like there's not a lot to live by. The desert can be a harsh place, but it trusts us, teaches us to trust in God. As we try and live uh, well in the wilderness, I think there are three uh, principles to live by, three things that we can use to try and uh, orientate our lives. The first of these uh, is that we need to be a people that looks back. In, our chapter, uh, in the chapter before our passage, Moses and a woman called Miriam uh, write two beautiful uh, crafted songs, two hymns of praise that celebrate the goodness and the glory of God. Moses' song reflects back uh, on the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, he talks about uh, chariots being uh, hurled from side to side by waves, about God making a way for them through into the promised land. Uh, Moses is celebrating the goodness and the glory of God, and he's doing it so that the Israelites have some kind of hope to hold on to. Uh, in the middle of the desert and the wilderness, uh, Moses is trying to get them to look back to this miraculous thing that God did. Uh, Moses knows that uh, when people's faith is flagging and we're struggling, if we can look back and hold on to the goodness of God, as we look back and we remember his faithfulness, we're then empowered to look forward with increased and renewed faith and hope for what's to come. Moses writes this song to try and help the Israelites to remember the goodness of God. One of the reasons we need uh, people here to continue to write songs is so that we can remember the faithfulness of God. Uh, So whether as a family we're going through uh, a difficult season or a good season, we can remember the faithfulness and the goodness of God so that we don't forget uh, what it is that God's done amongst us. So whether we're struggling or whether we're doing well, we can hold on to that and be secure in it. Uh, If you don't write songs, uh, then maybe you journal, write down the good things that you've seen God do. If you don't journal, uh, maybe find somewhere to jot it down or, or tell a friend and share it in a conversation. I was out for 
uh, dinner with my fiancée, Alice, a few weeks ago. Uh, and she just made a, a passing comment that reminded me uh, of something that I'd seen God do. Uh, something that, that God had done that had built my faith. And in that uh, short exchange, uh, my spirit was lifted and I felt um, energized and inspired because I remember that, that God had been good there, so presumably I could trust God to continue being good. And we need to be a people uh, in the wilderness who look back and remember the faithfulness of God. And as we look back, we're caused to look forward with renewed faith and hope. After we've looked back... Um, We need to become uh, or get good at being honest with God about how we're feeling. Uh, The Israelites in the desert grumble about a lack of provision, feeling abandoned in our passage. Uh, They say, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. In the wilderness, we can start to lose perspective. Uh, We can look back and we can uh, see reality distorted. Uh, We can think that our current discomfort, our current pain, uh, is worse than the one that we've just come through. Uh, The reality is that the Israelites would would seldom have ever eaten meat. Food would have been uh, rationed and kept short. You wouldn't want to give your slaves more food than they needed to to keep going and get the day's work done, because that would be wasted resources. So that the Israelites remember an abundance of food suggests that their reality has been distorted. They're forgetting what it was really like. They're looking back through rose-tinted glasses and they're losing their sense of perspective. Their ingratitude for what God's done through bringing them out of the clutches of Pharaoh, out of slavery and into freedom, their ingratitude is staggering. And it's exactly why God brings them out into the desert because they don't know what to expect from him. They don't know that, that God doesn't just save their firstborns and part the water, but he also lays on feasts in the desert. He's bringing them out of the desert so they can know that he provides. But he also wants them to grow and be nurtured. The Israelites are found grumbling and complaining at God, and his response isn't to get angry. Uh, God doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't dismiss them out of hand. He's not... Um, cold or harsh towards them, but but God hears their complaints and he provides. Part of being in the wilderness is learning how to be honest with God. It's about closing the door, letting no one else in and talking with God honestly about how you're feeling. I remember uh, walking down a, a road a couple of years ago and um, I, I was really uh, angry at God. God hadn't um, acted in the way that I felt like God should have acted. Uh, I felt like God should have done uh, a certain thing, and he hadn't just um, ignored it, but he'd seemed to do uh, the complete opposite. Uh, and so I had um, lots of kind of built-up uh, resentment and anger and bitterness at God. Um, and I, I was praying one day, and I, I realized that I, was, um, that I was saying all these kind of nice things to God, that I was saying what I felt like I should be saying, but there was this whole kind of well of kind of bitterness and anger and resentment that, that I wasn't saying to God. So there was, there was a lack of integrity in my, my prayer life. I wasn't really telling God how I felt. Uh, I realized that, that God actually already knew how I felt. So, so I might as well start to tell God, because if God already knows how you feel, you might as well tell God, because you're not really fooling anyone, are you? You're just, being, um, you're just lacking integrity in your prayer life. So I started uh, to tell God uh, exactly how mad I felt. I started to tell him uh, what I felt he should have done, how I expected, I expected better of God. I was, um, I was mad at him for a while, but as I started uh, to be honest uh, with God, I found a release in that. 
that the bitterness started to leave and God started to show me uh, why he'd done what he'd done. Often we, we, don't, uh, we don't take the time to be honest with God because we think there's a, a right way to approach him. Uh, we think that there's a, a right way to speak to God. We think that um, God demands um, respect all the time, which obviously he does, but there's a, a respect and an integrity in telling that I'm mad at him. There's an integrity and a respect in telling him uh, when I feel disappointed at him. And that's what the Israelites start to do here. They, they grumble and they complain and they groan at God. And God doesn't get angry. God doesn't get mad. But God hears their complaints and he chooses to provide for them. If you want to live well in the wilderness, you need to learn to be honest with God. Even if honest is mad and angry. As we look back and we learn to be honest with God, uh, those uh, two uh, things, ideals to live by, uh, are both pointed at the same thing. It's about helping us to trust God more. If the wilderness was defined by one question, uh, if that season for us and that chapter uh, in the the history and the life of Israel could be summed up uh, in one question, I believe it would be this. God would be saying, do you trust me? God wants the Israelites to be confident in him, to know that even though uh, the promised land will be a place of plenty, that plenty comes from the same hand that provided for Israel in the wilderness. After the Israelites have grumbled at God, God responds like this. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people will go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. God hears the complaints of the Israelites, and he miraculously provides for them. Uh, Some people would try and uh, rationalize the provision of God in the wilderness. Uh, Some people point out that the Sinai Peninsula is on the migration route for quail, which it it is, but there's, there's no way that there will be enough quail all year round migrating through that same peninsula to sustain the numbers of people uh, who escaped Israel. Uh, others would say that, that man is a naturally uh, occurring substance, but, but nothing can quite uh, match the description that the Bible gives of what manna is, and then uh, people have an even harder time explaining why that substance wouldn't appear on the Sabbath. God is miraculously providing for the Israelites, Uh, and he's doing it. Uh, He's feeding a nation in the desert so they will learn to trust him more. But in this story of God's provision, uh, God's provision and the obedience of the people are inextricably linked. He says, the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. God will provide food, but they must only gather enough for one day. Uh, if the Israelites gather enough for a fortnight, if they gather enough for a, a month or even uh, three or four days, it's because they don't trust God to provide day by day. God has promised them, I'll feed you every day. You just need to trust me. You just need to trust that every day I will give you exactly what you need. God ties together provision and obedience because he's not just trying to show that he's faithful and just, but he wants us to learn to live our lives as a response to that and to live it with obedience. He's not just demonstrating his ability, but trying to mature Israel spiritually and so us as well. If you find yourself in the wilderness, you'll need to learn to trust that God will provide exactly what you need. 
So maybe today you feel like you're in the wilderness. Maybe you've been there or maybe you've not been there yet. You need to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you in that wilderness. He's not abandoned you. He's not forgotten about you. But he's trying to to grow and to strengthen your character. He's trying to help you trust him more. And as you live uh, in that wilderness place, it will help you if you learn to look back, to remember the faithfulness of God, uh, so you can look forward with renewed hope for the future. And after you've looked back, to learn to be honest with God, to start to tell him how you really feel. If you're angry, he's taking you there. If you don't think you should be there, uh, if God didn't do what you thought he would do, then to find the space in your day and in your prayer life to tell him that. Uh, And those two things will help us to live out the third, which is to trust him more, to rely on God to provide for us. Like the Israelites, we can learn to live day by day on the provision of God, not trying to to hoard up and uh, build big barns, but instead to trust that every day God will give us what we need. Amen.